Like Warhol, but without all the fingernail clippings. Oh, ooh, does he have? Oh, that's right. In his boxes of stuff, trash boxes, mm-hmm. trash boxes. Yep. Taylor, I have both coffee and water. Is it a one in either hand, or the two mixed together? How'd you go about? It? <laughs> they aren't, but they they should be. I have um, you know, one of those fizzy water makers. Mm-hmm. And I thought about Didn't trying. you make it yourself? Yeah. In my studio, I have, um, because I have so much less space, I got a soda stream off eBay, like a used one. Could God make water so fizzy that even he himself could not drink it? <laughs> is that a soda stream, Matt? I think that's that's what all the stoners say when they're taking the Bible as literature in freshman year about God making a boulder so heavy he himself could not lift oh, it. nice. And then you just go blow a doob in the alley or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I wish I, I I wish I was able to smoke pot more. <laughs> go on. <laughs> because you're an adult? Well, I get really high. A lot of people are like mm-hmm. functionally high. You know, they're like, I'm high, but I'm doing stuff. Just all the time. And I, yeah. I, I oh man, I really can't do that. Like I just, I just become like catatonic. I think my yeah. dosage is too high maybe, but I don't know. Well, isn't that what they say that in the, you know, in the era of the hippie, it was all just kind of like dirt weed growing on in a culvert or something. Yeah. And now they fucking science that shit. And now it's just crazy. I just had a conversation with some, some people of an older generation than us about this. Mm -hmm. They used to call it a lid. You bought a lid. Yeah. That was the terminology. And that was because it was a coffee can full of weed. (laughs) Do you know Kevin Kelly, who does the yeah. Cool Tools website? I was just listening to Cool Tools uh, this morning. Oh, it, oh, do they have a podcast? Yeah, it's good. I'll have to check that out for sure. He was talking about wanting to reach his audience, because I think he does a lot of photography, like fine art photography books and things like that. Um, and he didn't want to punish his audience for, or limit his audience by the nature of the particular track on self-publishing that he took. So he would do this thing where a book would come out, and then he would say, you can download it as a black and white PDF. And that one would cost like $3 because, you know, it was effectively free for him to host that. Oh. Um, so the $3 would just go in his pocket. And then you could you could get all of these different versions all the way up to full color plates and everything in hardback. And that might cost, you know, 90 bucks, but he would still be making $3 profit. So, so he was really transparent about what he would get out of it and then let the um, the audience decide, which I thought was a pretty cool model. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good idea. I just sent you a link to a photo that is an object I received that I thought could have been a scam, and I got it in the mail. So yeah, and I, you know, I started getting ads for this on Instagram. Oh you it. yeah, I mean, it's I get tons of ads for it, even though I already bought the thing. Right. <laughs> oh, I should mention what it was that it that I got in the mail. So it's a yeah, it's a it's a compass. It's I guess a compass. How would you describe it? It's a compass that it has a magnet in the middle, mm-hmm. and so you. I'm not exactly sure how it works, which is crazy that I bought a thing that like, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but I haven't used it yet, but, uh, no, I just came in the mail. Like it just got it. Uh, right. And what it does is it lets you, it's sort of like a, like a socket wrench for a pin or right. Or I don't know how to describe it or like a compass where it has like a metal hunk in the middle and then like these attachable little arms on the outside and you can, uh, use god taylor how would you describe it and then like you draw there's a big metal cylinder yep yep and when you hook something onto it i believe it just pops into a little track that runs around the perimeter of the cylinder yep so that if you were to place your pen in a hole presumably 
down the length of the little ruler that's attached on one side to the cylinder and, and then move it, it'll force the you know movement of the pencil into a circle. Um, I don't know that it's that much of an update on just a for real compass. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't poke a hole in the paper, which seems to be like the major, <laughs> the major thing it's, it's offering, but you got to try it. I mean, what, what attracted you to it? I I think what's cool about it is it does, um, it doesn't poke a hole in the paper and it does, um, uh, I, yeah, I guess, I guess it's not that different. different <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give you buyer's remorse, but like, it's oh, a cool no. doohickey, but you know. Oh no, yeah. buyer's remorse. Um, <laughs> huh. Here, Rob. <laughs> I mean, the, the Kickstarter video was, but you didn't even buy it based on the Kickstarter video, did you? No. No. <laughs> just seemed like a cool doohickey man that's yeah, cool yeah cool yeah it was cool. i've been there cool. yeah yeah i guess i'll try it out it's a compass it but different. it um but it uh it draws circles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so rob your homework is is this for the next two weeks figure out how this is cooler than yes. a compass right now and, and let us know well i had this plan <laughs> i had this plan where i was gonna Go to Kickstarter and buy the Kickstarter one and then compare the difference between the two. But now that feels yeah. even more foolish. <laughs> well, I know. But sometimes the only way forward is through. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Maybe I should compare the the two to the original compass to concept. A, a real compass. Yeah, yeah for sure. Or just it, like a string on a nail. Yes. Right. 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 <laughs> oh, I love it. No, this I'm really looking forward to you reporting back. Okay. On this particular. Okay. Yeah. I, I've got, I'm, I'm happy with this. I'm, I'm I'm pleased with this homework assignment. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, for those that didn't listen, right? Rob purchased yeah. an item that he thought was coming from the original Kickstarter campaign, but it was indeed a knockoff of the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. Well, right. I had, I purchased it just because I thought it was interesting, and then I realized, and then the experience kind of went sideways on me when I went to check out. Oh, I was right. like, "This Shipping is feeling weird." Yeah. So then I Googled to try to find out more about the company and realize there was a whole nother group kickstarting this thing. Mm-hmm. So then it got, and so then I contacted the Kickstarter people and they were like, that's, that's a scam. And they were kind of, they were right because they were, I'm as you pointed out last time, there's this whole phenomenon of mm-hmm. people who poach ideas off of Kickstarter and just make the thing super quickly. And then the, kickstarter person's left hanging because they're 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 like or they feel like they're left hanging because their like concept of originality has been destroyed you know <laughs> um well and that also tosses that whole thing up in the air i uh-huh, mean the uh-huh. the extent to which well you said first of all you said this person only had a goal of a thousand bucks so it seemed yeah. like the kickstarter was being done by a total amateur because on this topic have you been hearing about um this game star citizen have you followed that thing at all no uh uh-uh. Yeah, so there's this dude. Um, did you ever play the game Wing Commander in the early 90s? Oh, I was just talking about Wing Commander at work. Classic issue with somebody who has a good, you know, freshman effort. So the guy, I don't know if he was the, oh yeah, here we go, the director, producer, et cetera, Chris Roberts. Um, you know, he, he hit really huge with this first video game, and I think he was quite young. And then he had this really weird trajectory where he was um, producing movies in Hollywood for a little while, but I don't think any of them really did that well although I'd have to double check, but then he came back around onto Kickstarter and he said they were going to make this game star citizen 
that um, was going to have, you know, all these planets and all these environments and on and on and on. It was, it was the same like with the development of Spore. I don't know if you ever followed that whole thing. Um, but you have these, you know, sort of famous people that can play upon folks that, you know, were like 10 and 15 and 20 when their first big hit happened. So now they've got disposable income and they've got, you know, and they remember finally those old games. And so this Kickstarter got like $200 million or something. I forget the size, but it was enormous. And this guy's just been frittering it away for years, apparently. Um, so there's like a barely play- playable alpha. But as you know, you know, if you don't get a game out the door in like 18 months or something, all the hardware is different and yeah. thing, you know, expectations yep. change and all that. So then apparently they're, Primarily, the way that they make money now is they manufacture ships, and it's still unclear to me if these are fully digital or if you get like a 3D model or something. And then they'll sell them for thousands of dollars, so you can buy like a model that's three grand for this particular kind of ship or this other goofy stuff like virtual whiskey and all these things. And you know, and a lot of people are starting to say that this is essentially fraud. You know, there's that complaint out there at least that the guy, you know, he the financials that they're releasing will not include how much the executives are paid. And then just like people are, you know, bleeding out of the, um, coming into the project and coming back out of it and complaining about it. So wait, so anyway, this is when all you the, buy frame, the, sh- the Kickstarter drama. When you buy the ship, Oh wait, so you're buying a, a digital ship on Kickstarter. Like you're buying like a digital good. Is that what I like? I believe so. Although uh, it, it could be that there's a physical, print or something that comes around with that. Here, I'm bringing up the uh, Star Citizen Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, so it's 2,134,000, or $2,134,000. And it looks like it was all the way back in 2011, like, that they got started. And um, the, the, ship's only, the ship only appears in the, in the, it's a game? Well, yeah, it's a, it's supposed to be a game, but I think they don't even really have a beta out yet. It's effectively just like a barely playable demo or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, digital. So there's digital add-ons. You can get, you know, skins for the characters and a soundtrack and all that stuff. I'm trying to find... Oh, yeah, here you go. Add-on ship, Van Duel Fighter, $300. Idris Class Corvette, $1,000. And then there's physical add-ons... But those are all books. So so it may just be digital ships, but I don't know that the digital ships are even all that playable because the game itself, I think it's unclear if that actually works. Um, so it, it, I, I know I'm getting you really far away from your original comment, but I'm just saying that I've, this has been sort of in the air lately. I've been reading about similar problems, um, but this game has not yet delivered, whereas your ripoff product did get delivered. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, so what do you think about that? I mean, with Kickstarter, right, there's no guarantee of success, right? If I put money into Kickstarter and then, like, the company just, like, goes bankrupt the next week, that's it. It doesn't matter, right? Like, I'm, I don't have any, like, leg to stand Legal on. Legal recourse, yeah. I, I did a successful chargeback on a failed Kickstarter, Oh yeah, um, but that was because it was the it was the brand. So it was for a leather bag. I wanted to try to like update, and actually carry my computer around something nice. Uh-huh. And so I ordered one, and I got it, and it was just way huger than I realized. And so that was kind of on me. But I returned it, and they took it back. And then they were just going to apply that money to a different bag in the line that they were making, and it never went out, never went out, never went out. 
And I think I complained about it after like a year. You know, I was just wow. waiting and waiting and waiting. And then I finally, you know, called the credit card company right before I think my little, the expiration date yeah. uh, tipped over for that and just said, look, they said they were going to say it. You know, here's this stack of emails that demonstrates that they took the money and then just didn't do anything about it. And I successfully got the charge back. So that was interesting. Yeah, that's cool. What else has been on your mind this week? What else? What else? Um, oh, I learned an, a word that I really like. Bring it on. It's called diegetic, D-I-E-G-E-T-I-C. Uh, I too like this. I like this term. Yeah, Diegesis. it's so cool. It's um, Where it made sense to me was in sound and how it was, mm-hmm. there was a, a video I saw online and I feel bad I'm not attributing the creator of the video, but I'll link to them in show notes, which is if in the movie Jaws, right? Like you're on the beach you're in the water, you hear the water sounds and you hear the beach noise and you hear, you, so you're splashing, you hear people screaming, et cetera, et cetera. That is what's known as diegetic sound. It's the sound that the character would hear, right? Mm-hmm. But then in Jaws, you hear the shark noise. Dun, 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 dun. And that sound, the person, the character in the movie cannot hear, but the audience gets to hear it because the director is communicating to the audience, right? Like something's about to happen. And so that is non-diegetic sound. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always thought about this as like in 3D user interfaces or in games, right? That's a, it's a, it's a popular and interesting idea to like map the game UI to the objects in the game, right? So like, say you want to, open the door on a car, you click on the door on the car and the door opens. You don't click an icon in the toolbar that says like, open the door. Right. <laughs> um, and I was just happy that there's a word that describes what this, what this concept is. Yeah. And then they've got those really nice moments where you mix between the two or you transfer from one to the other. Like when you're listening to the credits of a movie and you're, you know, say like in a helicopter shot of a car driving and there's music and then you zoom in, zoom in, and then the person turns off the radio and gets out of the car, and then that's when the music stops. Yeah, And so exactly. clearly you've right. transferred from something that has the expectation of, I'm watching a movie and this is an overlay, and then you sort of suck down into the movie, and then you're a participant where the sound becomes diegetic um, during that transfer. Yeah, it's a nice little trick. Do you have any uh, any any more ideas? Ideas? Well, I mean, a lot of mine are bound up in the things I'm going to show you. Oh, cool. I had some, a bunch of interesting stuff. developments this week. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah cool. And I think uh, you're first, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's a there's a zip file awaiting you. Okay, let's see what Rob's got here. Ooh. Okay, so I see a big old folder, 23 images, many yep. of whom are PNGs, and it would appear that uh, it, it's almost, it's it's very regularly spaced, so I get a PNG, JPEG, PNG, JPEG, yeah. except for right at the end, so yep. I'm curious if this will, if there's going to be some reason why every other image needs to support transparency or something. Our, our challenge is, um, is a balancing, balancing act. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's funny. When we get the challenges, I tend to interpret it a certain way when the guest says it. And then lately, I've just been, I just don't look back. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> when we sit down to record the episode, I realize, oh, that was the challenge. It's not this way that I interpreted it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah. I was kind of laughing today, looking back and realizing, oh, it wasn't just time management, which is how uh-huh. <laughs> I interpreted it. Okay, so um, I'm taking a look at Rob's stuff. And uh, we're starting out with um, what looks like a screenshot uh, from Netflix or BBC or something, The Great British Baking Show. Yes. Um, now, we come down and we see, ooh, looks like Rob made a fancy purchase. A, um, it did. A knife with a uh, Japanese marking on it. It's got a, it's, it's an all-metal construction. And I am guessing that it's missing the scales purposely because Rob is going to create a handle for it. That's correct. Um, yeah, this was something I looked at. You know, there was a um, <laughs> there was an artist residency. Uh, I believe it is now defunct for the reasons I will, I'm about to share with you. But the idea was you would get on a um, a container ship, and then the container ship just had to make its way very slowly as they do all the way to a Chinese port. And then you would have that couple of months just to sit around and think deep thoughts and not have access to the internet. <laughs> and, you know, and I thought, well, it just sounds so interesting. I'm kind of curious about it. Um, so I had, I think I tried to apply for it, but I applied a month late or something, whatever it was. So the person who got it was on the ship and um, they got to the other port or maybe they were returning. I forget where it was, but then they weren't allowed to enter the port because the shipping company hadn't paid the docking fees. <laughs> so they... So the artist was just like stuck out there for Ooh. an additional month or something. Yikes. <laughs> uh, anyway, but, but I, so I'd had this whole idea about like, what if I did modern scrimshaw while I was on? Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, like I could, um, what could I buy that scrimshaw like? And so I was looking at, um, you know, ivory of course is a yeah. big no, no, but, but now one of the ivory replacements was camel bones and like boar tusks oh. and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but one of the main ways to get that material was as a scale, which my understanding was that was the term for these uh, rectangular pieces you would use to make um, make the handle of a knife. Yeah, I didn't know what the name was until just when I started this project. But now yeah. I know. It changed my Googling. Right. For the, yeah, anyway. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so now we're switching back and forth. So we're, we're cutting to the, the Great Baking Show and then back and forth to Rob's project. So we have all of our little bakers lined up here in a row. Um, ready to receive their challenge. And now back to Rob. So he's um, rendered the knife. Oh, it's a much smaller knife than I realized until I saw his finger there. So this is like a nice little paring knife almost, or maybe a fish knife or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So Rob has rendered the blade uh, safe by uh, cardboarding it and uh, taping it up. So we just have access to the handle. Maybe that's to prevent from uh, damaging it as well. Uh, Back to the baking show, we're seeing somebody cutting with pretty good form, not quite wrapping their knuckles like they should. And man, I just cannot get myself to do that, Rob. I don't oh, know about you. Yeah, like the bending um, the knuckles to give yourself distance on the blade from your finger. Yeah, well, yeah, just so it yeah. can't yeah, hook onto your fingertips. So, um, but there's like a macro shot of somebody cutting up real tight. So perhaps this is some of Rob's inspiration. Um, okay, we're back to the trusty saw stop, and he's got a nice piece of wood, maybe walnut, um, and getting ready to... Um, carve that sheet down there's a uh, there's a drawing of what he wants the overall shape of the handle to look like uh back to the uh cooking show there's a uh, hipster with sleeve tattoos and a bowler hat waiting on somebody to come out of the oven um so now uh, back back to rob he's got a uh, nice little drill press here so the scales are stacked 
um, just one on the other, and then the knife is on top, and the knife is has been taped to the scales to um, maintain its position, and now he's using that as a um, as a reference for where the drill hole should go, um, so that they're all lined up and they'll they'll be in the correct spots. Um, now we're back and we're seeing somebody cut a uh, a cake of some kind, which is a much larger knife. Uh, so now Rob has his drill holes that he likes. Um, the scales still appear to be connected together, but they're no longer taped. So I'm curious about that. Yep, double stick tape. I know some. What's that? Double stick tape. <laughs> oh, double stick tape. Well, yep. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some buddies of mine working in metal will um will just super glue two pieces of metal together because yeah. it's actually relatively easy to break. Yeah. Um, as it's a non-porous surface. So he's uh, bandsawing down that rough shape, but not getting too close to his pencil lines. Uh, now we're um, seeing the the bowler hat guy get his cake judged, and it looks like the um, <laughs> the judge in the flaming uh, pink blazer is not too happy with. Yeah, his, Mary uh, Mary Berry. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't followed this show. Have yet. you seen this show? Oh, it's it's good. <laughs> I've just seen it in passing. You, you know, we uh, we've become such uh, streaming junkies. Yeah. Um, and I would assume that this is streaming too, but but I, I have not not yet. Although I will tell you, I had a really couple, a hard couple of weeks, and I came home quite emotional. And we watched the new um, series, uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and it was it was just what the doctor ordered. Um, nice. All right, let me keep going here. Oh, I might have a child visiting me in a sec here while I'm oh. recording. Um, okay, so now you've got your scales, and you are gluing them together. I'm assuming with some kind of epoxy. Yep. Um, and I assume the knife is in there, but I can't really tell from this. Yeah, sandwiched between the two. Yep, yep. Right? Um, I tried to get that angle right, but I realize now looking at the photo, it's not quite the right angle, so you can see the metal in between. Uh, I can see the, the uh, Gorilla Glue brand epoxy over there. Yep. So the answer is yep. that. Yeah. Um, okay, cooking show. Maybe this contestant will do better. And then now you're doing the pinning stage where you have to take some little metal dowels and kind of hammer them in there. And I assume the next step will be flushing those things up. Okay, we're going to try a new cake. Maybe that'll do better. Uh, now you're taking a, a flap wheel on an angle grinder and shaping that thing down because, of course, just a square handle is not going to do anybody any good. All right, that's really coming along. So the shape is done all the rough shaping is done with the flap wheel, and then you're coming in with one of those little mice. What's that thing called again? Mighty Mouse or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's called sanding. a mouse. Yeah, the the sander. Yeah. It's essentially a triangle-y, pointy kind of sander. Yeah, kind of like a uh, like a clothes iron or something. And so we're getting our we're refining that down. Um, ooh, so now we're getting some of those great reveal shots, and you can see the the pins are nice and flush to the handle, and the handle has that great shape. Um, Let's see what other finishing Rob's going to do. All right, so last up, it looks like he's working on a little gap that he um, accidentally introduced between the, I don't know what part of the knife that would be, but where the blade stops and has a rather fat metal part before it expands back yep. out again. So he looks like he's loading it with a super glue and is maybe going to jam some wood shavings in there or something like that. Oh, great, and then now we have it finished. Um, that's a really handsome looking knife. Yeah. Not too bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right on. Yeah. I mean, it, that's also one of those classic projects where it's really nice. I mean, you, 
sort of one of the things you have to do is just decide to do it and then order all of the parts and then yeah. have the time to sit down and do it. But it's a very doable thing. And then hopefully you'll be using that knife for, you know, decades at this point. Because don't you have a tattoo of a, of a knife, if I recall? No, I, or you, I, or you talked I wanted, about it. I, yeah, I wanted to get it, but then I realized when I sh- shrunk the knife down. Well, the first thing is I was concerned about being a person with a knife tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <like> your face. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I usually don't mind like what my tattoos say about me, but then I was like, if I have a knife tattooed on me, it's definitely going to make people be like, huh. And, uh, um, the other problem was, is I, sh- when I shrank it down to fit it where I, in all the places where it would fit, it was so mm-hmm. small. It looked like a, like a plastic knife that you would get at like a fast food restaurant, <laughs> which is also kind of great. Yeah. So I was like, uh, it's like a spork sized knife. It's just not that interesting looking, but it was my grandmother's kitchen knife that she used like her whole the whole time I knew her as a person, that knife came out every single time. And it was yeah. so um, so sharpened that it was almost sharpened into two pieces in the middle because it was the, like, sharpening wheel had just, like, removed all the metal, you know? Right. Like, it was way thinner in the middle than it was on either end. But I still have the knife, but don't have the tattoo. Oh, I'd love to see a picture of that knife. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you one. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right on. That's a great little project. It actually shares, uh, shares a lot in common with what I wound up doing. I never really thought I wanted to make a knife. It's like one of the things you're like, oh, I would want to get like a nice belt sander. And then it's like, I don't want to get that nice of a belt sander. Like a knife maker's belt sander is like $2,000, you know? Yeah. And, um, I was like, mm, mm, mm. but then I saw John Malecki, who I subscribe to on YouTube, who's like a creative maker builder person. He, mm. um, he has like a he showed like how you can just get a knife kit with like no scales no wood handle just the metal part and Mm -hmm. make it and i was like oh my gosh that seems pretty easy and the reason i got to doing that is i got really obsessed with the great british baking show (laughs) on on a whim on a total whim and i was just like man i just mowed through like six hours of my life watching this tv show and so i had a, a, a panic moment a balancing act moment where I was like, I have to do something. This to atone. I, yes. To atone. <laughs> like I can't have just watched this much television and right. not been. And like the point of a show like that is that maybe you'd be inspired to bake or make a thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just eating like visual Twinkies over and over and over again and right. never making the Twinkie. So I decided I would make a knife a kitchen knife and you know kind of inspired by the great british baking show uh to atone you for t- my tweet it tweet it out at them see what they say i should i should yeah to atone yeah. for my uh uh just like mass consumption of uh of uh yeah cooking show <laughs> i seem to remember reading about um like there's a couple of times this has gone by from two very disparate locations so one was matthew mcconaughey I, uh, all right, all right. But I, I heard him in an interview and he was talking about, you know, in terms of time management, he tried to make a list, but he would put things on his list, like drink a beer in addition to, you know, get whatever tasks done. And he, he found great joy in making, making oh, cool. sure he gave himself a lot of low hanging fruit to cross off his list. That's a great idea. Like just lower Which the bar was on useful. yourself. Yeah. Oh, one thing. If, can you yeah. look at picture 23? I did want to oh, highlight did. one thing. Oh no, I'm here on picture 23. Okay, yeah, cool. final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you see where? Uh, oh, the little gap you filled there. Yeah. So I filled that oh. gap with um, just epoxy, 
And then mm-hmm. I realized I, I missed a little, I had a little bubble. And so then I filled it in with CA glue, which is super glue. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say like, when I noticed the other night that that gap was there because I didn't get the wood pushed flush up against the handle. Yeah. I had like a near meltdown. I was just like, damn it. Like I cannot <laughs> believe that this happened to me. And I had yeah. just like epoxy glued the handles onto this thing. And I was like, I'm going to have to buy another kit. Like, and I yeah. have to, I don't have all the time in the world. Like it just, I had the moment where I was just like, Bleh. and then I pulled myself together and I was like, you know what? Like yeah. I can fix it. I can fix it. I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Like, I'm gonna wash that man right yeah, out of my yeah. hair. Just yeah, don't, you did it. Don't worry about it. Like, just you'll figure it out. And then <laughs> yeah, I was like, sure. "Oh, it's epoxy. Like, I can just fill in the gap with epoxy. It'll probably look fine. I don't know if it will or not, but I'll get through it." And I don't yeah. even notice it. I looked at it this morning, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that was even there." So, if you have in life a moment like that, just keep keep going, and maybe it'll work out. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching a great little YouTube tutorial this week. It was a very research-heavy week. And um, the guy left in some prominent mistakes, which I thought was really useful. Because I could imagine where I had to follow that tutorial all the way through. I was just watching it uh, for education. Yeah. But if, if I were to do it and then wreck it, I'd feel bummed out. Yeah. But if I were to make the exact same mistake, I mean, I was, I'd probably be less likely to make his mistake, given the fact that he kept the mistake in the video. So yeah. I'm sticking that. Right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, one one other thing I have to mention, too, is I have been on this quest to figure out better gifts for people in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I have, like, some defaults that I just fall back on, like a bottle well, of wine Well, hang on, like a whatever. custom erector set is not good enough for you? No, what that's you, a good, what no, that's what a good gift. What are you doing here? That's a yeah, special that's gift. Good. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. Um, but, you know, like a gift, like if you're like, oh, I want to get something for, like, a my my dog sitter or whatever, you know, like... Yeah. Like, and then I, I feel always hesitant about getting them a bottle of wine because it's like slightly impersonal. It's slightly like a weird kind of bougie thing and they may not drink, you know? So, yep. um, so this knife kit's 35 bucks or something like that. And then mm, I, I had the scrap cool. wood laying around and uh, I was like, oh, that's like a nice bottle of wine gift to give someone. And they'll probably use it for like ever if, as long as it holds up. So yeah, something to think Yeah. About. The durability aspect is really cool. Yeah, and like a kitchen tool, it's like a thing that everybody will. No one's going to complain about getting like a nice kitchen knife, even if, even if they're like a super duper chef who like only has four knives they use in all the world, they'll still be kind of psyched to get one. You know, so. I'm sorry, I don't cut. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, we don't cut in our household. Yeah, so balancing act. Uh, oh, given to us Excellent. by Emily Emily Keen, and sort of the spirit of her her challenge i felt like was around like how do you balance life and art and mm-hmm. so I, I balanced uh eating visual twinkies and art in in hopes well done. to meet the challenge yeah oh as we're looking at mine i also have to say i've been i was reading the article you recommended on the kt boundary oh yeah um, in the in the new yorker and man that thing maybe i'm just getting old but that thing reads like an action novel to me it's so great it? it's so, so good. great yeah everybody check it out yeah yeah, we'll link to it in show notes. It's a great episode about the... It's a great article about the end of the world. Or like uh, like yeah. the end of the world as it happened to the dinosaurs. So yeah, it's pretty yeah. pretty amazing. Oh, let me, yep. down, let me download your zip here, Chandler. Aha. So Taylor, you've given me seven photos and they have a, a very classic 
like iPhone photo naming convention, like capital yeah, IMG underscore. Um, yeah. But it's so great to see that they are not exactly in sequence, like 8190, right, right. 8191, 8198. And it's like, what what life moments happened between number 8191 and 8198, which was seven photos, you know, yeah. between. Yep. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I'll so, have to check and, check yeah, and tell you. Yeah, yeah. It's a neat. Anyway, it's a very neat, like, very... Uh, 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 what what would we call this moment? Like very um, and you know we're creating meaning in the Anthropocene. <laughs> All right, yeah, okay. Look at this dude. It's okay, like warming up for a rap over there. Oh, I am, I am. Okay, ooh, I I have the same chop saw. I see a Dewalt chop saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a solid one. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's a really really nice saw. And oh, but you have a really great thing, which is a uh, really nice like stop block system. So you can like make the same cut over and over and over again, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. And also some dust collection. And we see what looks like a really nice hunk of hardwood. Uh, that could be walnut as well. Do we both it's a pallet skid, but it turned out to be pretty nice stuff after oh all. Oh my gosh. Really? I mean, it's a big ass pallet. So yeah. th- this is the wood shop where I work at school where they're getting these huge lumber deliveries for all the furniture classes and everything. I mean, the wood looks like something nice. Yeah. Fancy. I mean, I, I, I jointed and planed it. I was so going to say, okay, yeah. It's yeah. off to a good start. But yeah, okay. I mean, it just came cool. in these big gnarly blocks that didn't look like anything. At yeah, first. it looks great. And then the next image, aha. Okay, so we see what um, I've learned is a term called the glue up, which is mm-hmm. when you cut... Um, you have one long piece and you want to make like a flat piece out of it. You want to make like, say you have a two by four and you want to make a, uh, 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 cutting board or something. You cut up the pieces and then you glue them side by side and squinch them between a bunch of, um, uh, clamps and you, you know, create a square piece of wood out of your long piece of wood. And this is what we see. We see some nice glue oozing out of the, out of each seam, which is a thing that in a previous, when I was first learning how to do all this stuff, I would have been panicky about being like, is it going to look messy? Like, you know, and you realize like, oh, you just sand or plane it off and whatever, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's better better to have all the glue squish out and get a good tight fit than have it not show up and then it all snaps and falls apart. Uh, the next image, aha, yeah. So we see the glue up successfully glued up and dry. And, um, oh, I have a question for you, Taylor. Mm-hmm. So, Taylor is at like um, what I think of as like a kind of traditional workbench, like a wood making workbench. <clears throat> and I have seen these workbenches before and they have these holes in them and the holes are for some reason uh, like a holder or something, but I, I never seen the holes in action. And I was curious if you could share what that is, mm-hmm. like what they're for or how they work. I mean, I don't know what every single use would be, but yeah, one of the yeah. ways that we use them in the shop, because they're evenly spaced, is you can come up with a sanding block. So you can take a piece of plywood that's maybe six inches by 24 or something, and then affix some sandpaper to its surface, and then put some pegs in the back that can just drop into these holes. Oh. So then you can make a sanding surface where you move the object instead of the sandpaper. That's great. Uh, which, yeah. Good way to keep things flat. That's awesome. Okay. Cool, cool. Thanks. So it's like a holding holding system, which is kind of how I imagined it. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen people stick like a weird thing that looks like a. It's kind of like a. 
it sort of pins your wood to the table in this way. You know, it kind yeah, of sure. like holds it down. Okay, so one of those lever clamps or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. So, okay, that was cool. Mm-hmm. So we do see one weird looking thing in here, which is a green handle. Yep. It looks like a hammer handle, kind of length, but then it has a, just a square, flat thing welded onto the end of it, like a like a three by five index card kind of size thing, roughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know what that is. But it looks like Taylor is about to do some drilling and screwing. He's got some uh, wood screws and a drill. So we're going to find out maybe more mm-hmm. about this green handle. That, so that's going to go away. That's a glue scraper. Oh, it is. So if oh, you okay. if you let all those, as my old sculpture teacher said, you know, never smush the glue down with your finger. You just all let right. it beat up. Yep. And then it, it's making a not very solid, you know, then it doesn't get integrated down into the grain. Yep. So then you just take this kind of heavy object that doesn't necessarily dig into the wood, but it lays upon the wood and you draw it across really oh. fast in one big swoop. And then all the little glue pips just pop right out. Oh, nice. That's cool. It's so beefy. I guess it kind of needs yeah. to be to like just have enough force and weight. to. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just to have, yeah, the, um, it's just the weight of it does most of the work. Nice. Aha. And then we see, Ooh, okay. So, haha. Okay. Speaking of compass, uh, yeah, <laughs> we now see that Taylor has, I'm going to say routed a circle out of this square of wood. And I'd say that's, uh-huh. mm, it's maybe 14 by 14, something like that. Wow. You're off by like a half an inch. Oh, wow. Pretty good, man. Yeah. Look nice. at you. um yeah and wow that might be exactly right i'll have to go check on that (laughs) and so my guess is he cut this circle with a router uh using cnc machine compass oh yeah it's on a c oh that's on the cnc i see that's the waste board underneath for the cnc Mm -hmm. machine so there's a, a cnc router essentially lets you take a a router and uh, use a use computer software to draw the circle, and then the router moves around in the circle, and you don't have to worry about like making a compass or whatever, hand doing it by hand. Okay, so next photo. <laughs> oh, okay. So now we see it looks like it's going to be maybe like a bar stool top because it has been. It's so when you cut the disc out, it's just it looks like you just like cut a hunk of salami off, right? Like the. There's no beveling <laughs> around the edges or anything. Like when on a chair, a bar stool, it needs to be smoothed off on the edges so it doesn't like dig into your leg. And it looks like that's what he's done. Is rounded and sanded those edges off. Wow, mm-hmm. what is I realize this may just be sitting here because of the photo, but there's it's sitting on a thing that has like a like a PSI meter or something. Oh yeah, flush front on the front of it, but it's like a weird wooden box. Is that like some kind of what is that table? That's for um. So that that's just a sep. It's a metal table that was just located somewhere where when I stay in this, nobody was going to complain. Yeah, right, right. And that device is for putting in. Um, so it's a pan made device, and it's for putting lengths of wood in there that you then oh. expose to steam. Yes. Um, so when you pull them out, you have a little bit of time that you can move them around without breaking the fibers on the wood. Yeah. For bent, bentwood furniture. Yeah. For yeah. Oh, that's so cool. 
Wow. I haven't really used it. I got to, I got to play with it. Yeah. I really want to do, um, I think, um, do you know the modern maker podcast, those folks? Mm -mm. So they, they do a challenge that it's very intermittent, like, um, maybe once a year or something like that. And I think their challenge this year is going to be Bentwood furniture. Uh, Mm. but some of the results from that podcast are, are some of the things people send in are pretty cool. Uh, modern maker. Yeah. The modern maker podcast. Uh, is it okay if I'm subscribing to other people's podcasts while we ourselves are recording a podcast? <laughs> Always. Um, I uh, yeah. Hmm. Random side note: I really know that dial interface uh, from this thing I have at work, but it's not a big deal. Anyway. Um, okay. So next. Oh, ha 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 ha! Nice. So next, we see the result of Taylor spray painting some hairpin legs. And these may have been hairpin legs that Taylor created in a previous episode. Yeah, uh, way back. Way back, yeah. Oh, cool. They look great. They're um, orange. They're very brightly colored and looking really good. Yeah, perhaps oh. to uh, Kumiko Murakami, who's a co-worker who recommended not just to go with black or white. Yeah, they look. it looks great. Does, is that a spray booth that you have at school there? Or yeah, and there's a, there's a cool device in the background there where when, you're, when your can is done you stick it in the top of this thing that's on top of a barrel and lever down and it kind of like it caves the can in, but doesn't in a way that won't expose you to any remaining accelerant or anything that's in there. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Oh, and then we see the next picture. We see the finished thing, which is really awesome looking. It's, um, it's a, is that a, I'm gonna say it's either a stool or a side table, but I, it, yeah, it's a stool. It's pretty, it's pretty teeny. Like yeah. you said, it's about 14 inches across, yeah. Yeah, and the and the hairpin legs are maybe 18 inches high? Sounds about right. Yeah, uh, 20 inches high, something like that. Um, that's so cool. Wow. Taylor, that's some hey. fancy furniture you made. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's cool. I've been really trying to actually think about something, making something similar because in my studio, I don't have a ton of space, and I only have one chair. <laughs> and so... Yeah. And so, like, if someone comes over, they actually don't have a place to sit down. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, it would be cool. But, like, I don't need a chair, a second chair. You know, like, I don't, I don't. What if I don't... you could build it into your first chair? Oh, that would be really cool, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. if you made a really yeah. tall stool that broke apart into two stools? Yeah, you could, like, pop it out of one or something. Yeah, yeah that would be really cool. But I, so That's I was working. trying to think of something that could be like a side table kind of size thing mm-hmm. that is also a stool. Sure. And your dimensions here are the perfect example of that. So, yeah, mm, dang. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Taylor, I'm gonna totally steal your, steal your work. Yeah, here. for sure. So it's pretty simple. If you, you should really think about getting a welder, dude, because you've got all that outdoor space, a big concrete yeah. pad. Yeah. I mean, you could get a little MIG welder for like three hundred fifty bucks or something. Yeah, I really want to do MIG. It. No, wait, I really want to do TIG. Is the one that. Um, requires a lot of fanciness right like more skill not skill but more sensitivity it's just, to what it's you're just doing. slower i mean you can uh-huh. make prettier stuff with it but i i used to be really anti-mig but that's because i never really sat down and figured out how to get the settings dialed in yeah because right, i worked right. with mig for a long time doing bronze monument stuff but we were going to chase all the welds out anyway so i mean it didn't even really matter what uh-huh. the welds look like i mean i guess you probably can't get bronze tig wire too but um but yeah the the migs i've really turned changed my mind on it's like 3d scanning you know so i just yeah, had a demo right. 
come in from Creaform to Columbia yesterday. We're looking at their new product line. And a scanner you can get for just a hair under $10,000 is just fucking amazing. Wow. <laughs> you wow, know, and the stuff cool. like, yeah. I was just used to looking at the bargain basement stuff and it was so finicky and it never, you know, if you point it slightly the wrong way, it would lose its track and you couldn't get the track back on. Yep. Yep. So I have to remind myself I've been alive long enough now that I got to return to all these things that I think I hate. And yep. then it turns out they just got really great in, yep. the, you know, in the interim. I think that's such an important life skill that is like like if you dismissed it a while ago don't yeah. don't hold on to that because like things do get better things change like, particularly not, technology you know, yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. like it really so many things i'm like oh that's that's stupid like i used to be really anti-web application you know like mm. like instead of using i mean google docs is one thing because it's like pretty easy to do text but like mm-hmm. figma which i uses at work is a purely web-based app and it is like for all intents and purposes for most people's uses exactly as fast as something like photoshop or whatever or sketch or whatever but it's a completely web-based app and like if i had just been like oh i don't i don't give web apps the time of day i never would have used this thing but you get the power of like you actually can see two mouse cursors working on the same document at the same time Oh, that's like, cool. Yeah, on like a logo design or something, you know, which has just never existed before and has a ton of value. So are you going to do something with this tool, Taylor? Or just uh, just rock it out? I, I got to figure it out. You know, yeah. it's, um, I've got, this is basically a prototype that was, you know, eight months in the making. Oh, cool. And so part of the reason why I put this up here, and there is actually one other thing I'll I'll put up to sort of show you how this relates to the challenge but i tried to make it entirely while i was at work uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but but supposed to be doing other things uh-huh, i mean uh-huh. i say that kind of in a joking way but as we get towards the end of the classes yeah one thing that i've been experimenting with my students is to show them you know so i say like we got a four-hour class you don't want me talking for four hours right and at the end of the semester, if I'm just giving you guys a huge technical lecture every day for 15 weeks, it's just going to blow, you know, it, it, we're not going to get better results. Yeah. So yeah. I had a really technical project for weeks five to 10. And then I said for 10 to 15, like, here's the challenge. Here's how we're going to go about it. Everybody make a calendar of how you're going to work and then just show up at work. And I'm not going to assign homework and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and some people just can't handle it and they just fall off the bandwagon and yep. go drinking and smoking or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um, and some people really thrive in that. Yeah. And then, you know, the great students, I could meet with them for literally five minutes at the top of the day and just say, that looks great. Here's a problem that's on the horizon. Go nuts. Yep. And then try to make myself available. Yeah. But if I'm just sitting there doing nothing, you know, for four hours, that's not very good either. So yeah. I was trying to bring stuff around so I'd have my hands on something. And at the very least, they could see me solving problems and ask about the work and that totally. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. a I had a, a sculpture professor who she was working on some of her own work in class. Mm-hmm. And we just thought it was like the most amazing thing because we're like, we get to see this person who's like a pro Right. Like working on their own in their own problem space around this thing that is related to what we're doing. It's a 3D and she would show it and talk about it and be like, I made this decision here and here. And like, that's like, that's kind of like what you sign up for when you go to school. You know, like you want to be some people, you know, yeah, you would hope everybody feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. True. True. We were, I was stoked about it. So that's cool. You're doing that. Good. No, I mean, you know, I, I think there's a reason like all the people I gravitate towards to work with collaboratively now 
I feel like one thing they all have in common, I was talking to Walter Katundu about this, like, you know, we were the people where the, he was telling a story about his photo teacher saying, go expose a roll of film and let's look at it next week. And then he brought in 11, you know, and I'm sure uh-huh. that certain people in the class rolled their eyes about that, but you kind of think like, well, what are you guys here for? I mean, the, the homework's uh-huh. just the starting point. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like oh. if you're just trying to get just to acceptable homework, yeah. then yes, you're going to be a Photoshop drone for the rest of your life. Like go yeah. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yep. yeah. You can tell it's been a long semester, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got some students that are in that track right now, but I've had, yeah, particularly in the last couple of weeks, we've just had a lot of conversations about people that are just trying to limp across the finish line. It's just uh, so yeah. boring. Yeah, who cares? But the, the last thing I'll show you, and you'll probably get a big kick out of this. Let me uh, throw up a um, image in the Slack here, real quick. All right, so tell me, is this something that you uh, are working with at work that's obvious to you, but I just discovered like it's, you know, like some amazing invention? <laughs> oh, yeah. I spent half my life in the screen. There you go. Oh, specifically on GitHub? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So describe it. What are you looking at? So you are looking at uh, GitHub issues or GitHub Pro. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so there's a little bit of difference in what I... Well, okay. So this is, I think, what they call GitHub projects, right? Which mm-hmm. is... That's right. Um, it's similar in a lot of ways to a Trello kind of system, which people have used Trello, but um, where you can put tasks in and you have a to-do. What's called, These are called swim lanes, I think, in the project management world. At least that's what I've always called them. They're columns, <laughs> essentially, right? But you can... Another word is Kanban is another word. Yeah, for right, 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 right. Uh so to do column is on the far left and then the middle column is in progress and the last column is done. And, um, uh, you, as you are working on a thing as you know, you, you, when you make a thing to do, you put it in the to do list on the far left and then you drag it over to in progress when you're working on it. And then you drag it over to done when it's done. And it's a way for yourself and for anybody else who's, uh, working with you to see what the status of everything is all at the same time. And it feels very good to move something over into that done category. Mm-hmm. It's a very like visceral. I didn't sort of get it. I was like, why wouldn't you just like flag it as done or something like, I don't know, but like dragging a thing from the in progress column to the done column is like, I mean, the victory music should just play. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I did it. Well, and you get a little tiny bit of feedback too. And that uh, you can see there's a, a bar, like a progress bar in the yeah. upper left. That's that right. Actually changes a little bit, but uh, yeah, it, it is interesting how that, it it makes it feel more um, uh, real, more yeah. tangible that you've yeah. gotten something done. Yeah. So the last thing I'll say about this, which will color a lot of our upcoming episodes. So I applied for a lot of stuff this year and none of it hit. And then uh-huh. I got a bunch of things all at the same time. Oh, so cool. I got, yeah, it's cool. I got a grant uh, to support new art making from Columbia College. And then I got um, a solo show at a place in um, Massachusetts that I'm still working out the details on. Neat. And then I also got an iron pouring residency in Minnesota. Um, and I didn't realize until after I got it that I have to camp for the full three weeks. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that is so So, yeah, cool. so there's, there's all this stuff that I'm going to be working on. And I finally realized, like, Wonderlist and these other solutions, it just wasn't – I needed something that yeah. was a bit more of an industrial – organizer because i would have you know 20 minutes here and there 
Yep. And I'd say, what do I want to work on right now? I can't concentrate on the computer, but I can do this other thing. And I just needed some place to go where I could just see a list of like 20 things that I could do. Um, cause I don't have the luxury of sitting down and saying like, this will be a residency day, you know, where yeah. I'm going to just work on it for nine hours or something. Uh, yeah. So GitHub, um, projects, it's free. You can do an automated Kanban where it just automatically sets up these three columns for you. And then you just start loading in things to do. Yep. And you can also share it out with other collaborators um, if you house it in a repo yep. uh, so that you can get other people to jump in on stuff. So I'm going to try, try doing all my art projects on GitHub in this structure. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. cool. Wow, you have a bunch of cool stuff coming up, man. That's great. Yeah, let's see how it all goes. I mean, it's yeah. all up in the air, so I got to make sure it's all going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But more more details as it uh, uh as That's the really cool. time moves on. But yeah, I might be recording some uh, podcasts from a tent in That's the uh, you know, sculpture park. That is so cool. <laughs> That's cool. Tweet, tweet, yeah. tweet, tweet. You can find photos of our finished projects over at projects.opposablepodcast.com. We also have links in our show notes and we post cool stuff to our Instagram account, which is opposable underscore podcast. Uh, if you'd like to get an opposable thumb sticker, just share a podcast episode on social media or rate us on iTunes or some other cool thing to let people know about the podcast and we'll mail you a sticker. Uh, just contact us at opposable podcast at gmail.com or on our Instagram account, opposable underscore podcast. We'd like to give a shout out to Charlene McBride Adam Mayer, Deb Chatra, Blondie Hacks, Nick Kantar, Walter Katundu, and David Bellhorn. They're our top Patreon supporters. Thanks all to all those peeps. If you'd like to join them in our league of Patreon supporter badasses, please go to patreon.com slash opposable thumbs to sponsor us. Anything you can donate really helps. Our podcast is dedicated to providing a harassment-free experience for everyone, regardless of race, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, knowledge of subject matter or religion or lack thereof. We actively support an inclusive environment and we want you to be a part of it. You can check out our code of conduct over at our site. I think it's time to pick a new challenge. Pick one, bro. Yeah. So we, um, so when we don't have a guest on, we need a way to generate challenges for ourselves and for our future guests. And so we have asked all of our previous guests on to uh, send us a challenge if one is in their head. And so we have 11 new challenges in our list. Hey, nice. Yeah, yeah, from different guests who've been on the show. And they just sent them into this. I just had, like, blurted out an email to all of the past guests just a couple days ago. Um, so Taylor, what I'm going to do is ask you to pick a number. I think it's 11. Let me make sure. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. To pick a number between one and 11. Eight. Eight. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Our next challenge, Taylor, is from dear podcast guest Federico Tabon. Uh, and our challenge word in this case is hashtag (laughs) (laughs) (gasps) oh that's gonna be a tough one Mm. i think i think we can do it we'll just suffer federico you scamp although his whole thing with um documenting everything through gifts has had a big uh, influence on me Uh, i'm looking for new people to read in the science fiction realm 
And so Tor.com has these cool um, shorts that they put up there so you can read them for free and then become acquainted with new science fiction authors. Oh, really? There's a, a fun little series called The Mongolian Wizard Stories, which are like alternate universe, World War One. Um, the battlefield is employing wizards to look into the future and to bring back future technologies um, to help both sides. And uh, But it's they're kind of written like detective novels. Oh, that's cool. Um or at least detective stories, but I'll, I'll throw up a link for that. That's just something I've been getting a kick out of. That's cool. Oh, I have one final link to share that I, I, I feel compelled to share because I suffered trying to find it. So, Taylor, do you use like a video? Have you ever used like a video downloader? Like say you want to go to YouTube and you want to download the mm-hmm. video. Do you have one that you like? Well, it's YouTube seemed to get out in front of a bunch of the yes. Chrome extensions and all yeah. that, so I kind of sworn it off for a while. But if you have a new method, I'd love to hear I it. I do, I do. So... There was a couple ways I used to do it. One of them was, yeah, install an extension or something. But all of those extensions seem totally skeezy. Like, Yeah, they, they, they're they super, yeah. Weird. They're just like, it's just a farm for my personal data to like go into their database. Um, and that seems gross. And if you go to their websites, it's like, they all look like they were, they all like emulated the the, the Windows UI, like, like from, yeah, right. from 2004. And like their whole website looks like, yeah, it's gross. Um and then some websites you go to will let you put a link in, but then you get like all these weird like pop-ups and stuff. And they're mm-hmm. like, Hey, you should install our, th- our software that does the same thing. It's really weird. Um, and then there used to be a way to do it also, which allowed you to use Safari and then turn on the activity window and you could see the video file as the right. biggest file in there. And to your point, YouTube gets out in front of that kind of stuff and like chunks up the file and does weird stuff. And the newer versions of Safari don't kind of work like that. Um, you can also use like Chrome developer tools and stuff to do it, but it's, it is more complicated than I think even than anyone would like to do it that way. But there is a website called why to mate. Like why is the letter Y two is the number two mate M A T E dot com. That mm-hmm. is like a very simple web page with a few little things. You paste the YouTube link in, you hit start, and then you get exactly the buttons you want back, which is like, what resolution do you want this in, et cetera. They don't ask you to click on anything. They don't have to fill out a form. It's really great. Whytomate.com. Change, mm. Changed my life. Yeah. At least temporarily. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So All I right. wanted to share that because I, I definitely spent at least an hour trying to find a good one and then i finally stumbled on this one so i I will check it out allegedly all right my man hashtag federico we're gonna make you proud Eat your heart out, Andy Warhol.